refer a friend. <laughs> yeah, let's start a refer a friend program. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> you refer a friend to our podcast. We'll air high five you from a distance. Yeah, we'll we'll heart your retweet. That's true. We will do that. Yeah. And we might comment on it. Yeah. With a gif. Of a cat. (laughs) Or something. from that yeah well i'm jesse and i'm amber and welcome to the marble forest podcast oh my gosh that was a fun entrance yeah right it's more puppy maybe we should record later more often no maybe not because like i have to work tomorrow (laughs) that's fair yeah so like i said before like two seconds ago before we started recording um i posted something on our twitter about the demon cat of DC. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said that I'd look into it while I was at it. And I did. And I forgot to talk about it last week. Okay. So, here's the demon cat of DC. But the funny thing is, everyone's like, oh, demon cat, DC, DC, demon cat. I, I get it. Yeah. Alliter- oh, is that an alliteration? Is that what that's called? I have no clue. Who knows? I'm not smart. I don't think that's an alliteration. I think <laughs> I'm making shit up. All right. The name was given to the ghost of a cat, which was perpetrated to haunt the government buildings of Washington, D.C. in the United States. The story of the demon cat dates back hundreds of years because they were brought into the building tunnels to capture and kill mice and rats. Oh. Yeah. Legend states that the demon cat is one of the cats who never left after its death. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Its home is supposedly the basement crypt of the Capitol building, which was originally intended as a burial chamber for President George Washington. Oh, wow. Yeah. According to legend, the cat is seen before presidential elections and tragedies in Washington, D.C. Interesting. And it's allegedly have been spotted by White House security guards on the night before the assassinations of John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln. That's crazy. I have heard a little bit about, like, this cat. Yeah. Not, like, a lot. Only, like, a brief... This is pretty much the Wikipedia. Okay, so I watched a video about this. DC did this, like, whole new spot. Yeah. <laughs> like, around Halloween about this. And they had the douchiest fucking senator I've ever seen in my life on this, like, newscast. Oh, and he was, like, making super snarky, dry comments to the news lady. And she's like, I- we're just trying to have, like, a good, fun like news story news story yeah about the demon cat lighten it up a little bit yeah not do the same usual depressing stuff yeah just talk about a demon cat that's not depressing yeah so like i just thought i was just like wow the cat is described as fully black and the size of an average house cat but witnesses report that the cat can swell to the size of a giant tiger like 10 feet by 10 feet when alerted wow that's big yeah 
It just like, swells. Like, it just, like, it, it, it like, expands. I just had a, like, <laughs> mental image of, like, the uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like, when she turns into a blueberry and just, like, how <laughs> the cat gets bigger. Yeah. yeah, but, like, not, like... Not so round. <laughs> not so round. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was looking for. The cat would either explode or pounce on its on a witness. <laughs> explode? I think, like, they were, like, referring to vanishing. Like, it would, like, lunge at a vi- witness and then vanish. It would explode on the victim. It was- <laughs> <laughs> they would yes. have cat guts all over them. Yeah, so disappearing before it managed to capture them. In the 1890s, the cat is said to have vanished from the Capitol building after guards fired upon it. Okay. And one of the guards just supposedly died of a heart attack after seeing it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, a little weird. So, the last uh, official, air quotes, official sighting of the alleged ghost was during the final days or the aftermath of World War II in the 1940s. So, quite a while ago. Yeah. There haven't been really any sightings since. Yeah, but they're supposedly in the Capitol building. There's, like, a cat paw, like, on one of those pieces of cement, like, in the, like, big round room in the Capitol building. Yeah. Like, the big hallway. Yeah, there's, like, a little cat foot in the cement. That's so cute. Yeah. And so, the U.S. Capitol Historic Society has stated that around this time, the Capitol building police force was notorious for hiring unqualified relatives and friends of congressmen as favors and these men would frequently be drunk while on patrol so they think they were like having drunk sightings (laughs) maybe it was stated that a security guard was once licked by a cat when he was lying down just being drunk The man thought he was still standing at the time and was frightened by the giant cat. What? <laughs> I can't get... I like the mental image of this just little cat and this guy's like, oh my god, it's huge! <laughs> Is that why they think they, like, uh, get bigger? Yeah. Because it's, like, literally right up in his face, right? <laughs> like, every cat ever. My cat. Yep, my cat. So, this pretty much sparked the legend of the demon cat. And for the rest of the sightings, a member of the society said that eventually the other guards found out that they could get a day off if they saw the demon cat. Oh, geez. That's funny. So I thought this was funny. Okay. So that's pretty much the demon cat story. But founded in 2006, the DC demon cats of Washington are the DC roller derby teams. That's so cool. Yes. Have you ever seen roller derby like live? No, not live. I've wanted to see it live. Me and my dad, and I think it was Jenna, went and watched Roller Derby live once. And it was so cool. I would do it if I had any coordination, knew how to roller skate, um, <laughs> you know, was sporty, yeah. didn't have asthma. What's the, like, like, oh, there's a list. <laughs> yeah, there's, but it's cool. there's a really long list, apparently, Amber. And I really Amber. like uh, roller derby. I think it's really cool. Yeah, because you can just beat the shit out of people. Beat on other people and play a sport. Yeah. It was really cool. That was a really cool thing to see. But, yeah. Well, that's so that's fun. the story of the demon cat. Cool. So you did look it up. I did look it up. <laughs> a couple weeks later, you're hearing about it. That's okay. I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I already told you. Go on Twitter. 
It doesn't matter. I told you more than what I saw on Twitter. <laughs> so. I guess that's true. Congratulations. But Follow go on, our Twitter. Go on our Twitter anyway. <laughs> Retweet our podcast. Please. Yes. Yeah, so I'm moving. Yeah. Not far. Like, no, no. right down the road. Yep. But. You're closer to the main road. I am closer <laughs> to the main road. By very little. <laughs> It'll take me about 30 seconds less to get to my house. Yep. But I'm pretty excited, so packing a lot. And Devin's moving in with me. Yay! She's not here today. But we we have to figure things out on our own. Yes. She's leaving us high and dry. Just kidding. Yeah. But no, but it's really exciting. We're really looking forward to it. But I'm doing so much packing on top of work and podcast research and, like, everything else that I have to do. Cosplays, like, figuring it out. Yeah. Busy. Definitely. So, are you ready to jive in? I'm ready. Let's jive on into it. All right. Okay. There's no Devin here, so I guess I'll flip the coin. You flip the coin. Ready? Wow, it's spinning. Oh, it's me. It spun really good (laughs) for a really long time. I'm not going to pick it up because I'll probably bump the mic while I try picking it up. That's fine. Just leave it. Yep, it's fine. Uh, So my story is very long. We're going to try to power through it. All right, I'm ready. But there's a lot of bullet points. Okay. So have you ever heard of the Lemp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri? I have heard of it. Yeah. But I don't know anything about it. When I was doing my research, when I was halfway through it, it was one of those things where I realized that I, I believe I heard it on And That's Why We Drink. Okay. So, that's where we're starting. Um, It's a long story, but I feel like you just need all of the information in history. Okay. It's like 50-50 history. 50-50 sightings. Sightings. Okay. Let's hear it. So, in 1838... Johann Adam Lemp immigrated from Germany to St. Louis, opening a mercantile store or a trade store. One of the products that he sold was his homemade lager beer. Ooh. Yeah. This is, there's a lot about beer in this. Oh, I know this story now. Yeah. Now that, now, I love this. Okay, keep going. This okay. is good. This is a good one. It turned out to be so popular that he started serving it out of a pub attached to his plant. That's my dream. Yeah. My own pub. Yeah. Sell your own beer. Ooh, we should have our own the podcast Amber beer. Lager. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was so bad, and I love it. <laughs> the Amber Amber Lager? We could have our own podcast beer. Oh, my God. And it could be the Marble Forest Amber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we'll just, like, put my name somewhere really small on the label that no one Jesse's Marble Forest Amber. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. No, I just want it to be hidden. I want it to be, like, National Treasure hidden on the back of the dollar bill. You have to find it. Yeah. And then if you find it... Well, you can have that bottle for free. Yeah, you get to keep that bottle. Yep. For the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) And put it up in your podcast studio. (laughs) So, by 1845... His light golden beer was really popular, so much so that he just closed the mercantile business and opened the brewery to sell and make beer. Okay. Starting the Lemp's Western Brewing Company. Lemp 
found that the brewery was too small to handle both production and storage and found a limestone cave south of the city limits. So cool. Yeah, right? The cave could be kept cool by chopping ice from the nearby Mississippi River and depositing it inside the cave. Um, How do you think they figured all this out? I don't know. This seems like a lot to figure out. (laughs) Well, they're like, caves are cold. How do we make caves colder? Ice. How do we get ice? That river. Yep. That river has ice. Yep. That river does have ice. Also the water to make our beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And so it provided the perfect conditions for the lagering process. Oh. In 1858, the beer captured a first place prize at the annual St. Louis Fair. Whoa. First place beer. First place beer. Oh, they did such a good job. Yeah. Do you think it was good? Well, it was first place. It was probably really good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bad question. (laughs) Leave it in. (laughs) Okay. So, Johan died in 1862 and left his business and fortune to his son, William Lemp. Okay. William greatly expanded the brewery and by 1870 controlled the beer market in St. Louis as well as being a national distributor. Oh. Yeah. Wow. They figured that out. Yeah. They started in, a huge In business. the 1870s. That's crazy. Yeah. So he ended up purchasing a five block area around like the cave area. Five blocks? Yes. Five blocks. Holy crap. Above the caves to build the brewery. Okay. So the brewery was built above the cave. Yeah. Okay. Or around the cave. Or around it. So, to show how rich they were, of course. As, as I wrote this, uh, William's father-in-law, Jacob... Okay. Yep. Jacob built a mansion in 1868 located in that five blocks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's room. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, you know, Disney World has a castle, but it's just, you know, his mansion over his brewery. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mansion's not that big. Okay. Well, it's a small mansion. Okay. In 1876, and uh, they further improved the mansion into a Victorian manor. Ooh. Yes. Victorian manor. So fancy. So fancy. And it included limestone caves to the brewery to connect it all. It's like everyone's like a dream as system. a kid to like have a tunnel system that connects to something else. Yeah. I love it. When refrigeration was invented... Some of the cave space was converted into an auditorium, a theater, a swimming pool, and a bowling alley. That's a cool cave. Right? That's a badass cave. Yes, exactly. Do they have parties in their cave? Yes. It's a party cave. It is a party cave. Oh my god. So the underground oasis would later have a... The pool was a large concrete pool with hot water piped from the brewery boiling house. And at one time, the theater was accessible... By way of spiral staircase from Cherokee Street. That's so cool, right? Did they but like? Would strangers just wander in? Well, that's what I was just theater? wondering. Do they do they like pay a fee to get in, or do they like? Is there like a bouncer outside in? the spiral staircase? No, there's a bouncer standing at a sewer grate, being like, five bucks. <laughs> that's his job. He's there twenty four seven guarding the staircase. Yep. Well, no, it, it just looks like a normal sewer. And then he picks up the sewer grate, climb down. <laughs> like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so he's like just a sewer grate bouncer, just guarding it. Yep. 
Just gets a small fee. Yep. His name is Splinter. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. All right. In the 1890s, the Lemp Brewing Company gained a national presence after introducing its popular fall staff beer. Ooh. One word, not just like fall. Yeah. Staff. Yeah. Not the staff of the fall. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because there's a staff that brings on the fall for us. Scarecrows. Skeletons. Witches. All right. So they would be considered in the staff. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Which is still brewed today. Oh, really? Yes. So they still make this beer? Yes. And I will explain which company makes it in a second. Okay, cool. So William Sr. helped Pabst, Anheuser, and Bush get started. Wow. Yes. Which Pabst Brewing Company is one that is still brewing that Lemp's recipe of the Falstaff beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Googled it. I had to find that out on my own. That's awesome, though. That's yes. really cool. Yeah. In 1892, the brewery was incorporated to the William J. Lemp Brewing Company, uh, reflecting the business empire built by William Sr. So pretty much his dad died and he's like, I made this huge. Yeah. Like he was like, you started dad, but I'm doing it better. Or so he thinks. I got cave pool <laughs> it's like a grotto that's it? so cool he's like hugh hefner he's got his own cave yep does hugh hefner have his own cave yeah batman it's, does it's called the grotto the it, had a, it was a pool it wasn't really a cave but like it I was like a had, pool with a cave i knew he had a pool <laughs> i think it's called the grotto do you think batman has his own like grotto pool yeah. Is, yeah. is there a pool in the bat cave? Well, there's like, isn't there like a waterfall in his cave? All right. So in the midst of all of his success, the Lemp family experienced its first of many tragedies. Okay. His son, Frederick Lemp, died in 1901 at the age of 21, 28 of a heart failure. Heart failure at 28? Yeah. Wow. It might be... Swimming in the boiling pool. <laughs> it might be. It, like, weird distillery boiling water. Yeah. I mean, like... Probably got some chemicals in it, like right? a lobster boil. Oh, no. I mean, you said the water was boiling coming. I know it's not. I know the pool's not boiling when they're swimming in it. But... But it's like a hot tub. Ooh. Comfy. <laughs> Maybe Ooh, he luxurious. Was of, he was one of those people who liked to sit in the hot tub and drink at the same time. <laughs> And then fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then he'd sleep there for like six hours and he'd get out. And his heart pressure would be so low. Yeah. You know, that's... he'd get out of the pool and pass out. Luxury. Luxury. <laughs> so William was devastated and began to withdraw from the public due to his son's death. And on January 1st, 1904, his closest friend, Frederick Paps, also died. Oh, that's, that's sad. Yes. He's losing everyone. Yeah. Though he continued to go to work every day, his physical and mental health began to decline. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would, right? Yeah. He's like, life isn't worth living anymore without my best friend and my son. Life sucks. So he shot himself in the head with a thirty-eight caliber Smith & Weston on February 3rd, 1904. Oh, no. Yeah. And we'll get back to that story later. Okay. So, in November 1904, William Jr. took over as the new president of the brewing company. 
inheriting the family business and the vast fortune, so he and his wife Lillian began to spend all of the fucking money. Oh, of course. Yes. Filling the house with many servants and a pair of huge amounts of carriages, clothing, and art. Fancy. Yeah. Lillian came from a wealthy family herself, and she and William Jr. had married in 1899, and they had their son, William the third. There's a lot of Williams. A lot of Williams. I had to make sure I wrote what each one was so we could like differentiate. Yeah. So we got senior, junior, and the third. Okay. Got it. Okay. So before long, Lillian became known as the lavender lady because of her fondness of the color. I remember this This part. This is where I, this is where it like all clicked. I remember (laughs) this and I love this. Yes. So, she had lavender attire and accessories and even had her carriage horse's harnesses dyed lavender. So fancy. So fancy. That would be totally me. Yeah. Can they be pink? They are going to be. (laughs) When William began the attire of his beautiful wife, so William Jr. That's not good. He demanded that she must spend her time shopping and allotted her $1,000 a day. He gave her an ultimatum that she, if she didn't spend it, she wouldn't get any more. Oh, what a hard life. How much is $1,000 a day at that time? $25,714.90 a day. <laughs> That's so much money. Yes. Oh my God. And you have to spend it all in a day. Yep. Okay. Be Every like, single day. Look at my seven new horses. <laughs> like. That's like, okay, today I bought a ranch. And 18 horses and an entire staff. (laughs) I fired the old staff and I hired an entire new staff. And then I fired them. But I gave them severance pay. Oh, yeah. You have to. I gave them severance pay and then I hired new staff with fronting them the money. And then I bought more horses. (laughs) (laughs) And dyed them all lavender. I mean, you could, that's so much money. Yeah. I don't even know what I would buy. Yeah. I would be so overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much money I, like, how would I spend $25,000 a day? That's really hard because you have to spend it every day too. You can't just save it up. Yeah. So I can't just save $25,000 over like the span of a couple weeks and buy a house. Yeah. I have to spend it all. Yeah. New cars every day. A new car for every day. I don't know. I think I'd probably like buy a bunch of shit that I just destroy. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So in the meantime, Will was busy running the brewery during, during the day and during the night, partying his life away in the caves. Well, sounds about right. So he was holding lavish parties and would bring numerous sex workers for entertainment for him and his friends. Oh, they would enjoy the swimming pool, bowling alley, and free-flowing beer. Free-flowing? Yep. Did he have, like, a... He owns the beer yeah, company. Yeah, but did he, like, rig up a tap? Oh, my God, that'd be so cool. To, like, lean, go down into, like, he could just get beer right from the brewery upstairs? I hope so. That would be so cool, right? Yeah. All of that partying and hanging out with sex workers, Will soon became the baby daddy of a sex worker. Oh, no. It is believed that he hid his son away in the attic of the mansion because he was born with Down syndrome. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. The child was a total embarrassment to the family. He was known as the monkey face boy. Oh, that's bad. 
And it is said his presence is still in the house today. That's so sad. Yeah. We'll get back to him, the kid. Okay. But in 1908, William filed for divorce because, and like pretty much his divorce became a huge town scandal in St. Louis. Okay. The trial, there was like literally a trial. Oh, wow. Yes. So it opened in February of 1909 to crowds that flocked each and every day to the courthouse to witness the drama, violence, drunkenness, atheism, and cruelty to each other. It's like a TV show. It's like a reality show back in the 1900s. That's crazy. It's like Was keeping up with the Kardashians in the 1900s. Really sick of the color lavender. Probably. He just really, he just wanted some variety. <laughs> You keep buying all these horses. Can you buy something else? Can you please buy a pig or something? <laughs> Why are we so obsessed with livestock on this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I think we need a pet livestock. <laughs> <laughs> Just a pet livestock. I didn't want to be specific, okay? <laughs> So that's why I said a pet livestock. I love it. <laughs> we could get anything. Yeah. A sheep. Oh, we should get a goat. A little goat. With his weird slanty eyes. Oh my god. They look like demons. Yep. <laughs> oh, we brought it back from like the first episode. Oh, look at that. Back where I did oh, second the episode. demon goat story. Yep. Public monster. Yep, that one. So, <laughs> back to the like the courthouse. Okay. I'm there. Yeah. Lillian, everything's lavender. Yep. Everything is lavender. Lillian almost lost custody of her child, William III, because of a photograph that was presented at the trial. Of what? Her smoking a cigarette. Are you kidding? This is how back in the 1900s was. She was unfit to take care of her child because she smokes. That's so ridiculous. Yes. But meanwhile, his dad's shacking up with every sex worker in town. Yeah. Hookers and blow. Yep. In the end, she retained custody of her son and soon retired from the public eye. And the only time that she was not seen wearing lavender was on the last day of her divorce trial. Wow. She was wearing black. Fitting. Yep. Did she wear lavender again after the divorce? I hope so. Or maybe she switched colors. Maybe she was like, I gotta change it up. I don't want to be in the public eye anymore. So, like, maybe I'm all baby blue now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, just after the divorce, things seemed to get worse for William. Okay. William Jr. Yes. In 1906, nine of the large breweries in St. Louis area combined to form the Independent Breweries Company creating a fierce competition with the Lemp Brewing Company. Oh, no. Now you got competition. Yes. In that same year, Will's mother died of cancer. Oh, that's rough. And by World War I, the brewery was just barely getting along. Mmm, not good. The company began, began to go downhill before the Prohibition because William Jr. wasn't really much of a businessman. Oh, what gave you that idea? I don't know. Maybe the lavish parties. And the expenses that you're spending on everything you can. $25,000 a day to your ex-wife. <laughs> yep. Wait, do you think that's still, like, spousal support? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, does she still get money from, does she still get $25,000 a day? I hope so. But she forces him to, her to spend? Yep. That day? Well, maybe she doesn't have to be forced to spend it anymore. She just gets it a day now. Maybe. Now yeah. she can save it up. Yep. Buy herself something really nice. Yeah, because we got the court behind us now. Yeah, there you go. 
So since he wasn't such a great businessman, he didn't keep up on the equipment or update any of the industry techniques on brewing beer. Okay. The equipment was getting bad. Yep. He wasn't just updating his technique. And he was just letting shit fall apart. Yeah. Like, it made him unprepared to deal with the other booming breweries in St. Louis. Okay. So, instead, he just decided to remodel his mansion to include offices on the first floor and built a home in the country. Oh. Yep. Okay. Bought or built. I saw it in two different articles. Okay. Yeah. So he either bought it or built it. But still. Either one. It's a mansion. Yeah. So in 1919 is when Prohibition hit. Right. And Will hoped that Congress would repeal the Prohibition, but finally gave up and closed the Lemp plant without notice. Workers learned of the closing when they came to work one day and found the doors shut and the gates locked. That's mean. Right? That's awful. Isn't that rude? So... William had many siblings, and we'll slowly get to them as we go as well. So, William had a sister named Elsa, and- Did but she let it go? She did not. Oh. She, she did not very poorly, because due to her rocky marriage, she shot herself like her father did in 1920. Oh, that is not good. No, it's not. Oh, poor thing. And after the end of the Lemp brewing dynasty william jr slipped into a depression acting much like his father he became increasingly nervous and erratic shunning from public life and often complaining of ill health and on december 29th william jr shot himself in the heart with a 38 caliber revolver in the mansion oh man yes did they all shoot themselves in the mansion we are at three suicides in the mansion jeez yes That's a lot. Okay, that's going to be ghostly. Yes. (laughs) So, he took his life on the main level of the mansion, just inside of the entrance to the- like, if you walk in, it's to the left. Okay. At that time, that room was his office. In 1943, another tragedy struck when William III died of a heart attack at the age of 42. Wow, he was young too. Yeah, so we we don't have super great things happening. It's all the beer. It's just all the beer? Yeah. <laughs> Bad sure. health. All that beer. Yep. Oh, that really sucks. Yeah. So William had two brothers as well as his sister Elsa, Charles and Edwin. And they never really wanted to be a part of the family business. So they weren't really a part of the whole brewing company okay. anyways. So, but after the death of William Jr., his brother Charles transformed the mansion back into a family dwelling place and lived there with two servants and the Down Syndrome boy in the attic. Was he nice to him? It makes it sound like he didn't, still didn't really leave the attic. Oh, yeah. It does make it sound like that. But, like, but he still lives, lets him live there? He took care of him. It's still sad. So, the boy died... In the 40s at the age of 30, and Charles followed in his family members' footsteps and became the fourth member to commit suicide in the <laughs> mansion. Are you, that's a lot. Yes. That pause because you were just staring at my face, yes. mouth opened wide again. <laughs> yes. Four suicides. That's crazy. In the mansion. That mansion's got bad stuff. Yes. The thing that I didn't write because I didn't want to talk about, but I probably should talk about, (laughs) 
um, because it comes up in the hauntings later on, is that before Charles committed suicide, he wrote a, lo- a note about how his body needed to be disposed of. He killed his favorite Doberman pincher in the basement and then walked upstairs and shot himself. Don't kill your dog. Yes. Mm, That's so sad. Okay. I wanted to try to leave that out, but it's part of the hauntings. Okay. In 1949, the mansion was sold and became a boarding house for many years in the deteriorating neighborhood. Okay. It became harder and harder to get tenants due to the hauntings that started Around this time. And probably have been going on for a minute. Um, yeah. So, in the mid-1960s, a large part of the grounds was taken for the new highway. Okay. Yep. Maybe some of the five blocks. Yep. Some of the five blocks was taken for a highway. And by this time, the Lemp Mansion turned into a flop house. Okay. So, cheap living. Right. With not a lot of amenities. So, sort of like a hostel. Right. <laughs> In 1975, the mansion was rescued, renovated, and restored and turned into an upscale bed and breakfast. Of course, they're all bed and breakfast. Yeah, why, <laughs> why wouldn't you make it a bed and breakfast? With a fine restaurant and a place to hold events. Oh, like a concert hall. Yeah. Probably not that big. <laughs> no. Maybe in the caves. <laughs> There's still an auditorium in there. Concerts in the caves would be so cool. Right? Natural acoustics. Yeah. Cool. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Even every Sunday, they hold a murder mystery dinner theater. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do that. You might not want to go after something I tell you. Okay. No, never mind. I don't want to go. Even though I don't know what it is yet. Okay. Workers within the house often tell stories of the apparitions, strange sounds, vanishing tools, and the feeling of just being watched. Many of them are frightened by hauntings and leave the job to never return. Oh. It's said that there are three areas that have the most activity in the mansion. The stairway, the attic, and the basement. Okay. Uh, Which the basement is referred to as the gates of hell by the staff. Oh. Yeah. In the basement, it used to be the entrances to the cave running below the mansion to the brewery. Right. So, many things have been seen, like orbs, shadows, full-body apparitions that are mistaken for even live people. One night while closing, two keys were played on the piano. The employees responsible for closing that night searched the home to find it completely empty. That's creepy. Uh, A candle on the mantle has lit on its own. No. A drawer of a dresser belonged to the lumps opens on its own accord. Overwhelming feeling of being watched has been reported from literally everyone. Oh, that's not good. That's, that's nerve-wracking. I would not want to be there. Yeah, so being watched and feeling like an overwhelming heaviness is reported, like, almost every reporting. That's crazy. Objects tend to disappear and reappear in different locations. And so I don't believe I put this story in, but there's this one story about a woman who stayed at the hotel, or stayed at the bed and breakfast, and she left her phone on the bed. Thinking she grabbed it, she left. When her husband came to pick her up from the airport, because, like, she was from out of town. Yeah. You know, he goes, hey, you keep calling me, you know? And so, like, while they're driving home from the airport, her phone, like, her phone calls her husband. And pretty much, they look for her phone, they can't find it, They call the hotel. The hotel can't find it. She ended up having to change her number because every 
38 minutes after the hour, her husband would get a phone call. That's so annoying. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a ghost that really wants attention. Yeah. Probably, I don't know, Lillian? <laughs> the Lavender Lady. Even though I, I don't think she died in the house, but she spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Soft, disembodied voices can be heard. Some photos have been taken to appear with a strange green fo- foggy type smoke. Ew. There has been like the clip clop of horse hooves on the street. More more ghost horses? More ghost horses. You're bringing me more ghost horses. More ghost horses clip clopping around. <laughs> and during renovations, the workers felt harassed by slamming doors. They felt harassed by slamming doors? Yes, that's literally how they phrased it. Oh my gosh. So, like, maybe they'd be... Well, they also claim that, like, someone... It felt like someone was watching them to the point where they were micro, being micromanaged by the ghosts. Oh, wow. Maybe, like, they didn't like what they were doing and just slams the door. I'm like, I'm sick of you doing this That's wrong. Hostile. It seems like there were some powerful personalities that used to live in that house. Yeah. We're gonna start breaking it down by area. Okay. So, the main stairway. Guests staying here have heard fast, running footsteps up the stairs and the sound of someone kicking the door. Oh. It is believed that when William Sr. killed himself, it was William Jr. who had ran up the stairs trying to kick down the door to get to his father. Oh, that's sad. Yes. Um, videos of orbs have been seen going up and down the stairs, and the feeling of being watched. Everywhere. Everywhere. In the back stairway, the panting of a dog and the oh. clicking of his nails... And the dragging of his chain can be heard in the stairway. Oh, that's sad. They believe he's looking for his owner. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Ghost puppy. In William Lemp's suite, in the William Lemp suite, because I don't believe that's where he stayed, but I think that's what it's called now. Yeah. A white apparition of an older gentleman has been seen with a two-inch beard sitting in the room by the window. Two-inch beard? Yeah. Yeah. That's so specific. That is so specific. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just see him so much. They're like, yeah, it's about two inches. His beard's about two inches off his face. Yeah. Yeah. He's white. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So he's seen near the window, near the sliding door that leads to the bedroom. Okay. Because so these suites are like multiple room suites. So they're big. Yeah, they're big. Okay. A strong scent of... La- oh, in the Lavender Lady Suite. <laughs> Sorry. A strong scent of lavender has been noticed and sometimes um, permeates from the furniture as well. Also, a painting. She even liked the smell of lavender? Yes, yeah, she did like the smell Girl. of lavender. <laughs> you have an obsession. A shadow has also been seen slipping through the crack in the bathroom door. Oh, no. The locked door to this room has been found standing wide open in several reports. There was one woman who woke up in the middle of, like, she was taking a nap in the middle of the day. She woke up to the sound of a baby crying and the woman talking. No. And there was no one else in the building besides the people who were staying there. That's so creepy. No staff, just them. That's so creepy. So... And then in that same room, someone has woken up in the middle of the night to someone petting their hair. Oh, no. No. Don't <laughs> touch my hair. Yeah. In uh, Charles' room. So in Charles' room, a woman told a story about how 
she had been married in the mansion. And when, like, on her wedding day, she carefully laid out her dress and all other items on the bed. Uh, she turned away, and the moment she turned back, all of the items were scattered about the floor. What an asshole ghost. I know. Throwing my wedding dress on the floor. Do you know how much that costs? A lot. Yeah. $25,000 a day. <laughs> <laughs> Outside the room, people have reported smelling cigar smoke. Okay. And in the bathroom, someone was getting ready for dinner when... They turned to put things in their suitcase and suddenly heard a creaking noise behind them. Turned to find out that the medicine cabinet behind them had opened on its own. And there's no way that it could have opened on its own because it was actually latched. No. No, no, no. I don't know why bathrooms creep me out so much. Like, the well, because, fact that like, the, the haunting horror happens movies, in the bathroom. Like, the horror movies where they write shit on the yeah. mirror, or you, like, see someone in the mirror behind you, or, like, like slasher movies where you're taking a shower and someone's on the other side of the curtain. I get it. Yeah. Bathrooms are just, like, you just want your private time. Don't want no ghosts in there with you. Yeah. And then more orbs have been seen in this room. Stop with the orbs. So, the first floor. Okay, first floor. The piano on the first floor is played by a musical-loving entity in the mansion. Not cute. Like a ragtime-type music. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. People have woken up in the middle of the night to hearing piano playing when there's no one in the house. That's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At the bar, drinks have been known to stir themselves. Oh. Glasses move and break by themselves as well. Oh. In the Lavender Lady's dining room. She had her own dining room? I think they just named it that. Okay. Now. But it was originally William Jr.'s office and study. Okay. So, an investigation from Missouri Ghost Hunter Society. Well, one of the investigators from that society was pushed out of the door of this room forcefully by a male presence. The paintings of people in this room seem to follow you around. Like Scooby-Doo. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. William Jr. had killed himself in the office that used to be this dining room. So the temperature in the corner where he had killed himself is usually considerably colder than the rest of the room. Okay. On the wall, there is a painted portrait of Lillian Lemp, the lavender lady. Guests have reported smelling a distinct smell of lavender while passing the portrait. Of course. Yep. She's ever. Do you think the portrait was painted in all shades of purple? Oh my god. I hope so. (laughs) I mean, I doubt it, but that would be so cool. So, the dining area in the living room. Guests have been touched by an unseen presence and a full, lifelike apparition of a man sitting at the table, waiting, like, already sitting at the table as they, before they even open the restaurant. So they, like, the people, the staff walks in. And someone's, like, waiting for them. Yeah, and they're like, what are you doing here? And before, like, there's an answer, he just vanishes. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. So, the downstairs women's bathroom used to be William Jr.'s private bathroom. So, many women have reported to staff of a solid apparition of a man peeking over the stall at them. No! Yeah, so we got another perv ghost. Stop it! In one instance, a woman emerged from the bathroom, returning to the bar, and stated that two men, to the two men that she was there with, I hope you got an eyeful, which they immediately denied ever leaving the bar, and the bartender verified. 
Oh, okay. The ghost is said to be William Jr. because he was a very womanizing type person. Wow. The basement. The gates of hell. Oh, no. I'm not ready. There's not really much going on with this. But there is an... It's mostly because of... It's an angry entity that haunts the area. And it's usually around the sealed off tunnel that led to the party area. Okay. Psychics have sensed an angry, silent, shadowy figure intensely pacing back and forth in front of the sealed tunnel. Oh. So, this is a little weird. Yeah. Basement dining room for How many larger fairs. are there? This is a, this is a huge house. At least two dining I'm assuming rooms. this is like more of a banquet hall because it says for larger fairs. Okay, so probably like a banquet hall, like kind of like a wedding venue type yeah. style thing. Yeah, so... Out of the corner of someone's eye, an investigator spotted a white misty apparition floating up from the archway. When he turned, it disappeared. But a quick pi- a quick picture was taken at that moment to reveal an orb. Tablecloths have been silently torn off tables. By asshole ghosts. <laughs> by asshole ghosts. <laughs> when people turn their backs to them, like someone doesn't approve of the job that they did. <laughs> And sometimes people feel like someone is looking over their shoulder while they're working. Hmm. So, being watched. Micromanaged. Yep, micromanaged. Those ghosts are very micromanaging. I know. They were so used to owning their own business, though. I get it. I, yeah. So, now to the attic. Okay, I feel like this one's going to be sad. A little bit. Okay. So, in the attic is where William's Down Syndrome son was supposedly kept... The face of the boy has been regularly seen from the street peeking down out of the small window out of the mansion. Oh, that's sad. People have often left toys in the middle of the room, drawing a circle around them to see if the object moves. Uh, When they return the next day, the toy is found in a different location. uh, A paranormal investigator felt a tugging on his hair in the attic to a hallway just outside the boy's room. Yeah. So, that's pretty much it with the attic. Okay. So, we're going to go into a little bit of a story. Okay. So, while taking an unofficial tour of the mansion, a historian who once once used to be a tour guide, a woman continued to see a shadowy figure against the wall while someone was taking pictures. Like, when it would flash. Okay. Quickly looking through the photos, nothing was appearing. But there was still someone there. There was still a shadow that shouldn't have been there. Right. Another member of the group reported hearing the faint voice of a child saying, help me, help me. So this is clearly in the attic. During the same tour, they noticed a door wide open with a key in the handle. But they thought nothing of it. Later, when a concerned guest was bitching at a manager, there was no key in the door when they arrived. The manager's like, that's pretty much impossible because there's only two keys to this room and the guest had one and the manager had one in their hand. Right. Several people later have described seeing a man in the hallway holding a key in his hand, acting very irritated with the large group moving through the hallway for the tour. Wow. So, in one of the tours, uh, someone had taken a picture. Mm-hmm. And in one of the pictures, there was no children at this tour. Okay. In one of the pictures, it looks like a small child looking through the banister up at the person taking the picture. Oh, that's creepy. So, I have... Oh, no, you have it? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, I'm not ready. I'm ready. Is it, like, a pretty visible? On the banister. Oh, I see it. Yeah. 
It took a second. Yeah. But I see it. I was looking at this guy in the blue shirt and yeah. not the kid <laughs> looking through the banister. I was like, I don't see. I just see a guy in a blue shirt. But no, I see it. Yeah. Oh. That's creepy. Yeah. So the Lemp family home is currently uh, functions as a restaurant and an inn owned by the Pointer family. Okay. Today is, like I said, a bed and breakfast restored to its period style and featuring tours, a mystery dinner theater, and fine dining. But one thing, if you didn't notice through this entire story that stood out to me, is I don't know if they still do this, but in the early 2000s, they would have people stay the night in the mansion and all of the staff would leave. So I, I kind of noticed that you said people would be alone. Yes. So pretty much they'd give them this one room to stay in and they're like, okay, see you tomorrow. And they just leave. <laughs> that's, a, that's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if they still do it. That'd be pretty cool to be in there I by would yourself. Literally cry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know how I am with yep. these stories. Yeah. All right. Well, that was cool. Yeah. It was really cool because it was really long and I finished it at school today. Proud of you. Yay. Good learning. All right. So are you ready? Yeah. All right. So I wanted to do something a little bit different. So some things, like some places on the internet, consider this a cryptid. Okay. Some places don't. All right. So we're just going with it. Okay. So we're going to talk about hellhounds and demon dogs. (gasps) Oh my God. Yeah. So it was actually like really cool to do some research for this and find out a bunch of different things. Like a ton. There's literally a different type of demon dog or hellhound in every single country. I have a weird personal story about this. Okay. Okay. It's not really my story. I was there. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where we're at. So a hellhound is a supernatural dog. There's a wide variety of hellish dogs that occur in mythologies all around the world. These dogs are called bearers of death. They are said to guard the entryways to the afterlife or act as a warning to people who are going to die soon. Physically, they are considerably larger than normal dogs. They're huge. Yeah. A small hellhound is about the size of a mastiff, while a large one can dwarf a horse or a bear. What? Yeah. What? Can you imagine a fucking dog bigger than a horse? No. It's <laughs> so crazy big. Oh, but it'd be so cute and fluffy, right? I mean, and vicious. <laughs> like, if it wasn't coming to kill me. I mean, maybe. Okay. Uh, their hair is typically black and mangy, like mangled and, like, yeah. dirty looking. They tend to have glowing red eyes. I wrote they tend to have red, red eyes. Yeah, that's fine. But they have glowing red eyes. Or green. Yeah. Or they have a green eyes. Yep, that's from my story. Ooh. So they are said to have super strength, super speed, are kind of like ghostly or like a phantom, and have a foul odor. Some are even said to have multiple heads or be headless. Headless? Headless. What? Isn't that one kind of creepy? Yeah. Like if you saw a dog, a headless dog coming at you. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to get into, like, a few of the, like, different legends all around the world. All right. So European legends say that seeing a hellhound or hearing it howl may be an omen of death or may cause death. Okay. They are said to be the protectors of the supernatural and even guard the secrecy of the supernatural creatures from 
the beings of the world. Yeah. That's just kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so here's some more examples. Um, the most famous example is Cerberus from Greek mythology, which you probably know was the uh, three-headed dog that Hades kept at the mouth of the underworld to prevent souls from escaping. Yeah. Okay, most famous. Yeah. So China has a demon dog. Ooh. It's called, and I'm going to butcher this, and I'm really sorry, but I'm going to try my best. Okay. It's called Tiango. Tiango? I like Tiango because it's a dog. I feel like Tiango's a dog thing. Okay. So the dog is blamed for causing eclipses by either eating the sun or the moon, depending on like what kind of eclipse it is. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that really cool? Yeah. I thought that was a really cool like legend. Yeah. Japan has a wolf-like demon dog. Okay. It's called Okuri. Okuri? Yeah. It's said to follow people who travel by night. However, if the traveler is shows any signs of clumsiness or cowardness, like if you trip, the dog will eat you. Oh, but okay. otherwise it'll guard you and like protect you. Oh, okay. So, but if you're scared, it's gonna eat you. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> what if I'm scared of it? <laughs> I mean, I would be scared if you like walking down the street and this giant dog, bigger than a horse, comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Wouldn't you be terrified? Yes. So Black Shuck is the name given to a ghostly black dog to roam Norfolk, Essex, and Suffolk coastline of England. People tell of a large black dog with malevolent flaming red eyes. The beast varies in size. Sometimes it appears headless, or sometimes it appears floating on a cloud of mist. I like floating on a cloud of mist a lot. It's kind of cute, right? It's like like a little genie. Like I think, it's just like, <laughs> like it's just sitting like a good boy, and then and it's just, just floating a along. Mist yeah, coming. it's just floating along. That's so cute. <laughs> so it is. Uh, it often haunts graveyards, side roads, crossroads, and dark forest. It appears sometimes only to scare its victims. However, he also appears when close relatives are going to die or become ill. It's also said to accompany women on their way home, like, from traveling to protect them. Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah, that is really cool. And it also is, um, there was something else in here that said that it is also associated with electrical storms. Oh, weird. Which is really interesting and weird. Yeah. Okay, so there is the Cadeos. They are a legend of the indigenous people in Mexico and Central America. This one I thought was really interesting. So they're often seen by travelers at night. A lot of these are seen by travelers and like usually at night. Yep. And crossroads. Yep. So they appear in black and in white. White spirits protect travelers from harm. The black ones will try to kill travelers. Oh no. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that really neat? Yeah, I'm okay. I will tell the story after this. Okay, okay. Both versions are said to have goat hooves and sometimes horns. Oh. That's a little weird. Yeah. But it's just in this like particular version. Yeah. They also can speak to humans. However, if people listen to them, they'll go insane. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> that's in this particular story. I didn't, like, look too deep into it and look to see if it was, like, 
every communication or if it was just long exposure or what. Like, yeah. it was just something I read quickly and thought was interesting. Yeah. So now I'm going to get into more, like, those ones I all found under, like, Hellhound. And then, like, these ones I found under, like, Demon Dog. But to me, they all seem really similar. Like, I might be wrong on this, but, like, they all seem this similar to me. <laughs> yeah. So this one actually Devin told me about. And I was like, okay, i got to include it. So church grims are guardian spirits in English and Scandinavian folklore. They oversee the welfare of a church and churchyard. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It protects from profane or sacrilegious acts, thieves, vandals, witches, warlocks, and the devil himself. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The demon dog protects it from the devil. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so I don't like this one doesn't seem as like demonic to me. This one seems like it's more of like a like good spirit. Yeah. But I'm going to get into like a couple different store like examples from di- both the English and the Scandinavian. Yeah. But the dog also sometimes takes the form of other animals. And those animals can be boars, pigs and horses. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. So in English folklore, Grimm's have been seen as ominous. It's known to toll the church bell at midnight before a death takes place. Clergymen um, have seen them during funerals, usually looking out from the church tower to determine if the soul is destined for heaven or hell. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. It's not like necessarily like a demon in that sense. It's like kind of like a judgment thing. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with so that does wording. It, does it, like, eat you if you're chosen <laughs> to hell? <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. In Scandinavian folklore, they are known to protect animals buried alive in the church's foundation. Oh. This really took me back to your story. <laughs> yes, last week? Yeah. The story that I just listened to because I was editing before yeah. we were recording. <laughs> but I was looking that up because I was like, why were there live so many animals? animals? Yeah. yeah. But it said that, like, the first founders of the Christian churches would bury a lamb underneath the altar to, like, signify, like, the Lord. Because it's, like, yeah, he's a lamb. Yeah, I get it. But, like... But, like, also sort of culty. Also very sacrificial, right? Yeah. So, it dwells in the church tower or wanders the grounds at night to keep order and punish those who cause scandals. Ooh, scandals? I also saw something that was, like... Not this doesn't have to do with like the dogs, but I saw something that some people would see visions like if they were the first person in the church, like on a day that wasn't the like normal church hours or whatever. Some people would see a lamb in the church, like a apparition of a lamb. Okay, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, but all right, black dogs. Okay, you know about them a bit. Sure. Uh, black dogs are spectral or demonic entities. Black dogs are typically found in folklore of the British Isles. Okay. They are nocturnal, and some are said to be shapeshifters. Oh. Okay. So, black dogs are generally larger than the, than the average dog. So, like Great Dane? Probably. Okay. I saw a Great Dane for the first time in person the other day. What? And I was like... Do you want one? It was so huge. I want one. They're so cute. I want one. And he was so friendly. I think Theo would love a Great Dane buddy. 
Oh my, they're so adorable. You should get because I feel like Theo like could like jump him and then go under him and jump him and go under <laughs> him. <laughs> so they are also said to have glowing eyes. They are sometimes associated also with electrical storms like Black Shuck. They are associated with crossroads, ancient pathways, and places of execution. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're like, you know, dark guys. Yeah. Little dark guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Black dogs are usually sinister and some are harmful. um, And some think that they may serve as familiars for witches or warlocks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Because that's not something that I've heard about them before. I've heard a little bit of, like, stories about, like, black dogs. Yeah. But, okay, so there's there's said to be little that you can do about them. Oh, okay. When It's said that, like, when you see them, it's already too late. Yeah. So here, here are some of the ways that people try to prevent them. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Typically, in some of the Christian more Christian countries, it's enough to just wear, like, a cross or have a picture of a saint in your house. Okay. Other superstitions include carrying a coffin nail. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just casually. Just in your pocket all the time. Like, (laughs) don't forget it. Oh, wait, that's not a penny. That's a coffin nail. (laughs) What's that sharp thing in your pocket? Oh, don't worry. It's just my coffin nail. (laughs) What's that poking me in your pocket, Amber? (laughs) Also, a- another sharp thing you could carry is a pair of preferably iron scissors on your person at all times. Scissors. Scissors. Are you? What are you going to do? Cut a tear for it? <laughs> Give it a groom. It might need it. It's a little mangy. It's got some knots in each yeah. little quick groom. Maybe yeah. it likes it. Maybe that's why it leaves you alone. You yeah. just give him a nice haircut. And then you move on. You move on. Okay. All right. This last one made me laugh. Okay. Because I was like, how annoying would it be to do this all the time? Well, I think it's pretty annoying to carry scissors in your pocket all the time, so <laughs> what go about for it. Sprinkling fresh water on the ground behind you as you walk. What? <laughs> Wait, how do you get enough fresh water? <laughs> you have to constantly carry a bucket. If you're going on a really long walk, you need two buckets. Oh my god. Maybe a wheelbarrow full of water, drag it behind you. Just go to slosh it around (laughs) and hope water falls out. It says sprinkling, so I assume you don't need a lot, but that just seems so annoying. Yeah. Because it sounds like you're walking the whole time sprinkling water behind you, right? Yeah. (laughs) I thought that one was like get a little spritz bottle. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Get a couple. Yeah. And that way when water runs out. Put them to your belt. <laughs> and when you run out, you shove it in your belt and you pull the other one out like a gun holster. <laughs> you better get somewhere quick if you're walking around and you run out of water. <laughs> oh, that seems so hard. <laughs> that one seemed just really outrageous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also one of the other things you can do is avoid crossroads, moving bodies of water. Okay. And stay away from the woods or long stretches of fields. <laughs> so everywhere. Just, avoid yep. everything. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty much avoid everything. Do dumb things all the time. Sprinkle water behind you at all times. At all times. Carry scissors and a coffin nail. You could never be too safe. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's kind of all I've really got for it. I just, it was like a quick little story. I just thought they were really interesting to kind of go over like what some of them were. And I'm sure like there's tons and tons more. There were so many different types I could have like listed. Yeah. But. Well, no, that's like really cool the way you, the way you put that together. Cause like it brings up a lot about like the weird thing that happened to my friend. Yeah. And honestly, I've heard a lot of people have had stories like of demon dogs and if anyone does have stories send us your stories oh my god okay so i will tell my story if you tell yours oh i want to know it though okay well Um, fine i'll tell it now then okay but you have to everyone has to write in their stories yeah okay (laughs) so it's like i said it's not really my story Mm -hmm. but i was drinking with some friends at a house out in i wouldn't say the country but out like out further away from the suburbs right from where we live i'm trying not to pinpoint us (laughs) so there is apparently a haunted cemetery near this person's house okay like a quick mile walk oh (laughs) on a dirt road in the woods to a cemetery that's haunted sounds like a good time yeah (laughs) sounds like a terrible time to me yeah i was all gung-ho for it until we literally started walking there and then something told me that i shouldn't go Oh, yeah. So I was just like, I don't think I don't think I want to go. Oh, okay. Well, do you mind staying here? And I'm like, sure. I was like, okay, I'll just stay here. He goes, yeah, you could stay in the house. And so like, I just had like a really bad feeling about everything. Yeah. I go in this person's house. This is literally the first day I've met them. I'm in their house by myself with their fucking dog. (laughs) And I'm just watching TV and they go wander off to the cemetery. Okay. And I'm sitting there watching TV And just outside the window, I hear, hey, you, inside. And it wasn't their voice, because they were both guys, you know? Like, it was, like, a more feminine voice. Like, like it was a female voice. And I was just like, no. I was like, no. (laughs) I was like, I'm not doing that. And so I just, like, stayed in, and I, like, texted him. I'm like, hey, where where are you guys? Are you going to come back and like are you like outside and they're like no we're like almost to the cemetery and i'm like okay cool and so like i didn't tell them what was going on yeah you know when they come back they they came back shortly after i like texted them okay and they were walking up one of the dirt roads through the woods and at the peak of the hill they saw a tall black shadowy figure walk up onto the hill oh no and they had there was a white large dog with green eyes oh standing next to it so they stopped and stared at it for a while and they're like let's go back yeah they so they never made it to the cemetery okay like not even close to the cemetery they start heading back and the white dog starts following them not the not the shadow the white dog okay someone takes a picture and there's it it's more defined than an orb but there's clearly a white form in the middle of the road following them oh that's crazy like i like i saw the pit it's it's real i he probably doesn't have any more because he probably just just moved on with his life but <laughs> that's crazy though yes so it was following them it followed them all the way home so they came in they were freaked the fuck out <laughs> yeah um yeah so like i'm freaked out because i actually heard that voice twice I'd cry. I was very freaked out. So I was sitting there because after I texted them and I was just sitting there, I'm like, okay, we're just going to turn up the volume of the TV a little bit louder and like try to drown it out. 
I heard more yelling towards like the inside of the house from outside. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to ignore it and wait till they come back and everything's going to be okay. And so they come back and they're all freaked out. And so they're telling the stories and I'm telling my story. Oh my God. (laughs) And it was a bot. We were having a bonfire. So we went outside and we started sitting near the bonfire. And so this guy's house is surrounded by woods. And you could hear something slowly walking through the woods, like just inside the wood line. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And then also something pulled my hair, which was also really creepy. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And um, once something pulled my hair, I said, nope, to the night, I'm going inside. Yeah. (laughs) And they both followed me in. And as they were following me in, something scratched one of the guys and he had three claws down one of his arms. That's crazy. Yeah. So that, that's my story. I didn't even remember it until you started talking about this. That's really crazy. Now I see why you were like, oh, white dog. That's interesting. Yeah. Green eyes, white dog. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because the dog could have been just following them to protect them from something further ahead or... Yeah. Telling them maybe not to go to the cemetery. Right. Well, because some of the lore of that cemetery is that people disappear. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that could be a thing, but... That's so cool, though. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. I got goosebumps. It goes well with my story. (laughs) It does go well with your story. Yeah. Write in your stories about demon dogs. Yes, please do. Like, and I wouldn't have believed them, and I would have believed that they were, were messing with me if I didn't see the picture. Right. You know? And there's, like, a weird connection thing that I get with people when they tell me stories that, like... I can more visually see it like I was there than anything. That's crazy. It's a weird thing. That's kind of cool, I, though. It's a weird thing to describe on a podcast. Oh, whatever. You can cut it out later if okay. you want to. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for us today. Yeah, that's it. We're... It's time to go to bed. It's 1030. It's time to go to bed. Yes. So, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We have a rating on iTunes now. We do have a rating. Keep up our five-star rating. Yes. Help us out. Yeah. Refer a friend program. Refer a friend. Remember, high five. Air high five. Every time you refer a friend, we high five you. Yep. We're your best friend. We are. Yeah, so um, you can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts and, yeah, social media. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at the MFCast, Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, and gmail for your stories is marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com send us your stories we want them yes we want to read them we want to tell you your stories back to you yes also we do have a facebook it is facebook.com slash marbleforestpodcast follow it like it it. yep share it with your friends yes and uh thanks uh oh yeah thanks thanks to to jenna did (laughs) (laughs) our art and logo because she's awesome. And I shared her on our Insta. Wait, no, I shared her on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook and Twitter, yeah. And she did get more followers from that because I did check her following on in- Instagram before I shared it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I think she got like four more followers be- in like the couple of days. Follow so, her. Yeah. So, she's awesome. Yeah, follow her. You can find her on Etsy and Instagram at Agenda. That is Agenda. And then a special thank you to my cousin Cameron who did our music. Yeah, thanks Cameron. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks Devin for putting up with us even though she's not here. Yep, she will. She will be here. 
something. And yeah, you guys, you know, don't have faith. Cheers. Cheers? I don't know, I'm holding a beer. Alright, cheers. I'm not holding anything. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>